0: Keith gave me a topic tonight that he basically just didn't want to cover. Okay, so uh, you have to show me a little bit of grace tonight. Uh, Keith gave me the hard one. He wanted to to dump that one on my plate. Tonight we're going to be talking about homosexuality in our taboo series. This is not something that's often talked about in the confines of the church. Sometimes it is, but... More than anything, it's just said that this is bad, stay away from this, it's no good. And that we, a lot of times within the church, we like to point fingers at people that struggle with homosexuality. And we like to say, you're awful, you're bad, that's it. As opposed to showing them grace, as opposed to telling them what you're doing is bad. What you're doing is contrary to God's word. And what you're doing is hurting you. But I want you to know that you're loved. I want you to know that you're loved. And if we look at God's word, you can see that you're loved because God tells you the best way to live your life so that you experience his love and his grace and his mercy, and you can live and dwell within the confines of that love, that God offers that to us. You see, here's the thing. I I, I was thinking about this a lot, and and I even started to think about the the series, you know, like taboo. Taboo, right? Like the stuff nobody wants to talk about, right? Well, that, that's things that are edgy tend to draw a lot of attention. Have you noticed that? If they're, if they're a little bit edgy, people, people want to hear about that. They want to talk about that, man. That's what they put on TV. They don't put the boring stuff on TV, do they? No, no they, they got to put the stuff that's edgy on TV because that's what makes news, right? Well, even, even this series Taboo, uh, even some of that's true. As I look around here on a Wednesday night, This is probably more people that we've had on a Wednesday night than we've had in quite some time. And I got to thinking about that, and maybe that's related to the fact that we're doing this series called Taboo. Maybe it is. I've always heard it said, uh, it's a common joke among preachers, that if you want to draw a crowd, you talk about sex. Or you talk about the end times. And if you really want to draw a crowd, you talk about sex in the end times, right? So (laughs) people will just flock to the church. If you're talking about sex or the end times, if you're talking about both, man, you'll just be having standing room only because people like to hear about what is edgy, right? That it's, it's, it's this whole allure of what, what's out there, man. What, what's, what's the stuff that, that, that's just, just beyond the threshold of what is, is normal and what is okay or it's right on that line? That's the stuff that we like to embrace and we want to dabble in that a little bit. We want to hear about it a little bit. And that's why the news is popular like it is. Because, like I said, the stuff that's on TV is not the stuff that's just mundane, this everyday, ordinary stuff. Right? Especially when we talk about homosexuality, right? So everybody knows Bruce Jenner, that whole story, right? Like, uh, I'm not... I mean, his name's Bruce Jenner. You know why? Because that's who God created him to be. So he's Bruce Jenner, all right? But if you think about the fact that publicly the way it's been pushed out on society it, it it's like it's like we want to publicize this we want to push it out towards everybody and show them that that what Bruce Jenner is doing is he is just embracing his natural self that's what he's doing and, and, and the the problem with homosexuality is this you want, you want to know what makes homosexuality different than the other sins cuz we we're going to talk about some of the other sins we're going to talk about how you know you you know, malice, that's terrible. You know, talk, cheating, stealing, that kind of stuff is terrible. Now, sexual immorality in general is terrible. You know why homosexuality is such a big deal right now? Do you know why? It's because it's a big deal in our society. Homosexuality is a sin against God and it is being celebrated. It's being celebrated, is it not? These are people that are just embracing their natural self. These are people that are just, you know what, this is the way they were when they were born, and they're just embracing that. And we need to celebrate that. We need to, to lift them up and encourage them and all of this kind of stuff. And, and 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 they say that you evangelical Christians, you're bad, you're awful because you're not celebrating that with us. No, we're not celebrating the sin. I'm sorry, we're not. We're not going to join you in the celebration. We do not have a problem with the people. We have a problem with the sin. I want you to understand that for just a minute. The reason homosexuality is such a big deal is because it's a big deal in this society. It's a big deal in how it is being celebrated. We would have the same stance... If stealing was being celebrated, would we not? We would say, that is a sin. That is not okay. You cannot steal. We can't just celebrate that. We would have the same stance against that. Because this happens to be a sin that is being celebrated right now, we take a stance and we say, it's not okay. We're not okay with that. But we also say, look, you are in desperate need of God's love and God's grace. You're in desperate need of that. You see... I had a very good friend of mine. Uh he, he was openly homosexual. He worked in the same office as I did. We talked about God's word. We we talked about what God's word says. We talked about what God's word says in the context of homosexuality. And he died. He died a few years ago. He passed away. And I went to his funeral. And 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 in, in that funeral, I, I mean, I was there. It was in a church in downtown Birmingham. And I remember distinctly sitting there and listening to the funeral and, and, and listening to, to uh, the pastor, whatever you want to call him. I listened to him say to his partner, this was the love of your life. To his homosexual partner, this was the love of your life. And I said, in my mind... We're celebrating, we're celebrating right now the fact that they had a relationship, they had a homosexual relationship, and that's contrary to the Word of God. Now that may upset you, that may upset you that homosexuality is contrary to the Word of God, but it is, it is. Sexual immorality is contrary to the Word of God. It's in there. We read about that. Keith has talked about sexual immorality. A few, a few sermons ago in this series, he talked about sexual immorality and the implications of that. See, what is often missed is the implications of that. And one of the other reasons that homosexuality is such a big deal is because it is contrary to the design of God. Now, one thing that people like to say is Jesus never talked about homosexuality specifically, right? That's what you hear. Like, like, well, Jesus never said that homosexuality was wrong, right? Jesus never said that. That's what they'll say. Well, if you look in Mark chapter 10, and that, that's just one of two places it's recorded where Jesus is talking about the issue of divorce because he's challenged on the issue of divorce. And what does Jesus quote when he starts talking about the issues... Of divorce. He starts quoting the Old Testament, right? And this is what he said. In the beginning, God created them man and woman, male and female, that, that one day the man might leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and let no man separate what God has made one, right? So he quotes the Old Testament. He didn't say male and female sometimes. He says God created them male and female so that God could take them and make them husband and wife. And the reason that, that, that that's the way that it is is because there are roles to play in God's design for the family. So if you are going against those roles, if you're going against the pure design of God's plan for the family, then yes, you're, you're in direct contradiction to, to, to God's plan and His design. So that makes it one step beyond just sin. That makes it going in the opposite direction of everything that God has put forward in there. It's it's very foundational, if you will, to everything that God sets up for the family. God sets up the family so that the man is the leader of the household. We know that, right? Ephesians chapter 5. You can go and you can read all about God's design for the man and the woman and how they're supposed to play these roles as husband and wife. So God has this design. If If you mess up that design... By, by changing the roles, then, then how does that work out? It, it messes up everything sequentially after that if you don't get the first step right, which is that it's man and woman. Everything else after that gets messed up. And it, it's so sad that, that in, in this world that we, we celebrate, we celebrate homosexuality. As Christians, we're not called to celebrate homosexuality. We're not called to celebrate any sin for that matter. Especially those sins that are contrary to the entire design of God's plan. I I mean, there there are other sexual sins that that I'm not going to mention right now because people will get upset and you're saying, well, you're equating homosexuality with something else that's very degrading or awful or terrible or what have you. What I will say is this. There are other things that are against God's design and His plan for the family and they're all bad. They're all sins against God. They're all in the opposite direction of God's design. And that's what makes them especially bad. That's what makes them especially bad. So let's look at what God's word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 tonight. I'm not going to take a long time tonight to talk about this, but just want to touch on it really quickly. There's judgment for sin against God and it begins in, in verse 9 we read this. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or, in, or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So I want you to understand something. As Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, he is talking to believers. If you look at the first part of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you will see that he's talking specifically about suing each other. And he says that you're not supposed to, he said, you don't even have to go To to some lawyer, to some court, to some kind of secular judge. You just you can work out the lawsuits amongst you as believers because you guys are held to a different standard. And so he's talking to believers here. And you can hear in his tone when he starts talking about you were, this is a place that you were in. This is what you used to do. And he's talking in the past tense, like don't don't be that way. And he starts talking about sexual sin, worshiping idols, committing adultery, male prostitution, practicing homosexuality. And there's a lot of times where people say, well, aren't those all the same? Aren't they all equal? Well, yes, they all are in need of redemption. It goes on to say things about being abusive or cheating people or being greedy or being a drunkard. All of these things are against God's plan for your life. They they are a sin against God, and they all are in desperate need of God's grace. They really are. And you know what? Christians are supposed to stand against those things. When, When you see somebody being cheated, when you see somebody being greedy, when you see somebody being selfish, you're supposed to take a stand against that and say, I don't support that. That's not of God, and it's doing damage to you. But let me tell you something. God loves you. God loves you. And that's the same message. That's the same message that we preach about homosexuality. It's against God's plan. And it's a sin against God. But God loves you and he cares desperately for you. His desire is not for you to go this way. His desire is to have you living the life that he's called you to live. But because we take a stand against this one. Because we take a stand against homosexuality and say that that is a sin, people, what do they say? They like to say, oh, you're judging them. You're judging them. That's what you're doing. No, I am not judging them. I'm telling them what God's Word says. He's the judge. I'm not the judge. I'm simply a messenger of God's Word. And there are some people that are listening to me right now, and it it bothers you. And I'm not talking about necessarily in this room, but maybe on, on the podcast or maybe you know, they're watching this and they're like, well, that bothers me. I don't like to hear that. That doesn't change the truth. We don't change the truth because you don't like to hear it. And that's what society is saying right now. We got we to change this mentality that that's a sin because that's hurting people's feelings. Christians, you are not loving people because you're hurting their feelings. How can you love somebody and hurt their feelings? You know what I know? This is what I know. God hurts my feelings a lot. Does he hurt your feelings? Sure does, doesn't he? Does God love you? Absolutely, more than you love yourself. More than your your spouse or your parent loves you. He loves you more than that. More than you can comprehend in your mind, he loves you that much. When when you think that, that you've got your mind wrapped about how much God loves you, he loves you more than that. He loves you more than that. But sometimes he hurts your feelings. And how does he do that? How does God hurt your feelings? Every single time I'll tell you how he hurts my feelings, he does it with the truth. He opens my mind, opens my heart, shows me the truth, and I go, oh, dang, y'all. You know, like, well, God, why did you have to do that? I didn't feel good when you revealed that truth to me. Well, see, that's not what the world says. The world says that if you love me, then you'll never hurt my feelings. If you care about me, then you'll never say anything that makes me feel bad. Now, moms and dads, do you ever say anything to your children that makes them feel bad? Like, hey, don't get that pan out of the oven while it's four hundred degrees, right? Like, and they're like, why not? You know, because it's gonna hurt you. It's not wise. Now, sometimes we're like, go ahead. <laughs> Grab it if you want to. You'll learn one way or the other. But 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 kids are like mom and dad, just trying to control me. They trying they trying to tell me what to do. I can grab that pan if I want to. You you don't control me. You don't do what I I don't do what you say all the time. Fine, grab it. Go and get it, right? And <laughs> then what we say? Go and get it. We say things to our kids, right? We say things to our kids to teach them and to protect them. And yeah, it hurts their feelings. But I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm one of his kids. And he says things that hurts my feelings. But he does it to protect me. He does it to protect me. And listen, I know know that the world is not going to understand our position on this. I know that. And I know that there will probably be people that will listen to this podcast that will write me emails. They may send me text messages. They may contact me on Facebook. That's perfectly fine. I'm okay with that. You can hate me all day long. You you can bash me and say that I'm wrong. But you can't change the Word of God. You can't change it. You, You can't twist it. You can't soften it. If it's against God, it's a sin. There's nothing you can do to make it not a sin. The only thing you can do is have the sin paid for. And turn from that sin and say, all right, God, your way is the best way. That's why worshiping idols is in this list. You shouldn't worship idols. Those idols that we always talk about in here so many times are ourselves. There are ourselves that we don't want to listen to what God's plan for our life is. We want our own plan. We want our own plan. And, and, and for some of us, when we, we hear this message, we go, well, I can't really identify with the whole homosexuality thing. That's not a struggle in my life. I promise you there are struggles in your life that are against God. There are sins against God. They are contrary to God's will for your life, and they are hurting you. They are hurting you. And those those, those people that, that, you know, I remember distinctly. You remember the Miss America pageant, I believe it was, where a question was asked about marriage and what it's supposed to look like. I believe it may have been Miss California. I don't remember who it was exactly. Perez Hilton, you remember that name? He asked the question because they were supposed to stand up there. And this this young lady answered the question. She says, you know, something to the effect of, well, in my family, we believe that that's supposed to be between a man and a woman, and that's what we believe. She, she didn't win the Miss America pageant. Some believe that she didn't win because of the way she answered that question. I don't know if that's true or not, but I can tell you this. She received a lot of hate mail. She received a lot of bashing and a lot of, a lot, a lot of time on the news because she just stood up for what God's Word says. Perez Hilton got, got on Twitter, got on every social media site that he possibly could get on and started bashing her and cussing her like she was a dog you know what he got real upset and there was a lot of people that got real upset but I went back and I checked God's word and it still hasn't changed no matter what Perez Hilton says the truth has not changed there was a lot of people that retweeted his tweets it's still in there I checked it's still in there Society wants to twist it a little bit. Wants to take it and say, well, you know, I, I, know, it's, I, know, I, I, I know what you say, but, but really these are just people embracing who they really are. It, who, who they were from, board, from birth. This, this is who they, they really are. Well, I don't understand that logic, and I'll tell you why. We see and hear thieves mentioned, right? So if I go out and I steal a car, can I just get society to start screaming and hollering and, and posting on Twitter because Kenny Nix was arrested for stealing cars? Because I'm just going to tell them that's who I really am. That's who, I was born with that in me, man. I was born a car thief. Why are you suppressing me? Why are you holding me down? Why are you locking me up in a prison? Release Kenny. He was a He was born a thief. Let him go. Why are you holding him down? That's who he naturally is. You see, our standards have got to come from somewhere, don't they? Our standards have got got to be set somewhere. And where are they set? Where are they set? Right here in these words. Right here in these words. God's design, God's plan, God's way. And whether we want to admit it or not, A lot of the laws that we have today come right from this word because, man, we know that this is truth. We know in our hearts that this is the way we're supposed to live. And we know that. And God's word, he says, I've known this from the beginning. I've told you how to live your lives. I've told you what is right and what is wrong and the way that you're supposed to do things in order for you to be healthy and happy. I've been telling you this all along. And then in order for us to to, to keep from, from messing it all up, we have to go and create laws so that we'll actually stick to it. But God's design's been perfect from the beginning, and His truth has never changed. His truth has never changed. Now, society wants to twist it a little bit. Society wants to make it what we want it to be. You know who else did that? You know who else twisted the truth a little bit? He did it back in the garden. Right, And who was, he, who was he creating a problem with back in the garden? You remember? The man and the woman. And even so much so that he was confusing the roles a little bit, wasn't he? The woman was the one that was there calling the shots, right? The woman was the one that was there making the decision that would end up affecting all of humanity. When Eve said, you know what? God may have been lying to me. God may have been holding back from me. And Satan was, was twisting it just a little bit. He's saying, well, God hasn't told you the truth. God hasn't really told you. See, God's afraid. God's afraid that you're going to be like him. So he's holding back from you. He's not allowing you to indulge in this because, because he's afraid that you're going to realize stuff that only he knows. And Eve bit, so to speak, right? She bit on that. Yeah. Yeah, he's holding back from me. He, he He's trying to keep me from experiencing something. I'm going to be like him. Do you remember who it was that was kicked out of heaven because he was trying to be higher than the Most High? It was Satan himself. It was Satan himself that, that, that got removed from heaven Because of that, Lucifer was removed from heaven because he was trying to be higher than the Most High. He was trying to be like God. And now what is he doing? He's down on earth doing the very same thing. Doing the very same thing, trying to convince people that the truth of God is a lie. And God's just trying to hold you down, trying to restrict you, trying to keep you from being who you really are. And it's a lie from the father of lies. The truth hasn't changed. The truth is that God has a design for his people, the ones that he created. See, he knows what's best for the thing he created, right? If he created us, doesn't he know how best for us to live our lives? Absolutely. He's got this design for us to live in, this perfect picture for us. And he encourages us to do that. He encourages us through conviction, through his truth. But this is the other thing about his truth. The truth about God is that He is love, that He has offered redemption. For those that have sinned against God, turned against God, turned away from His design, turned away from His plan, there's an opportunity for you. There's an opportunity for you to come. There's an opportunity for you to acknowledge that God, His design, His way, His truth is what's real, and that He sent His Son to die for all the things that we did wrong. And God has this amazing thing he calls grace that he pours out on us. And all of us are in desperate need of it. And it's a free gift that's available to you, but you've got to acknowledge who you are and you've got to acknowledge that his way is the right way. So no matter what your sin may be, I pray that today you would remember that you're loved and that you're cared for. And God's love goes beyond any kind of love you can recognize in your own feeble mind. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for the truth of this word. God, I pray that this has fallen on people's hearts as truth. That it has not been diminished. It has not been changed. God, your truth lasts forever. Your word endures forever. And Lord Jesus, God, the world has tried to water it down. The world has tried to change it. God, I pray that we as your people would stand on your truth. That we would hold fast to what is true. God, that you would equip us in our own hearts and our own lives to stand on truth. God, we know full well that we'll be hated for that. We know that we'll be hated because you were hated for the truth. And I pray that that wouldn't shake us. I pray that that wouldn't shake us. God, we'd acknowledge our own faults and we'd acknowledge our own desperate need for your grace and your mercy. God, that we would stand on truth and and show people that that their way is, is leading to death. Their way is separating them from you. that they need, they need that grace that you offer, that you sent your one and only son to die for them that you love them more than they can comprehend and they too can one day stand in your presence they too too one day can can stand before you and hear you say well done that good and faithful servant there's an opportunity for all of us no matter what the sin, no matter what we've done, there's a chance that comes through your son, Jesus Christ. So right now, speak to us, challenge us. God, speak truth into our hearts. In Jesus' name.